brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And I will put my question to my next guest. I got a lot of questions for him, as a matter of fact. We're just going to start with a non-football question, which I don't know if I've ever done before. With John McMullen, who covers the birds for SI.com, PhillyVoice.com, and is extending the play podcast. There's as good an ego podcast as you're going to find. Get it where you get your better podcasts. Mr. McMullen, what date will we officially know who the next president of the United States is? Uh, that, that's a good one, Jody. I think, you know, and, and I think it might be Pennsylvania that decides it, and I think it's going to go to the courts. So that obviously <laughs> complicates matters. So I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, tonight, um, certainly. And I think for a number of reasons, the environment, everybody's being very, very cautious, uh, with calling these particular states. And I think part of that has to do with calming down the incendiary nature of this. So I'm going to say it's going to take three weeks. Three weeks. Stay in that nature. All right. So today's November 4th. Pick a date, any date, November 20 through 30, if that's what you're thinking, three weeks. Give me a date. All right. I'm going to go, let's say, November 20 now we're not, and then we're getting into thanksgiving uh um, um uh, november 28th i'm gonna go november 28th just after thanksgiving all right now i've asked since i've gotten four guesses so far the earliest has been november 23rd so the 28th you are standalone right now uh john mack uh and if you win i got a 20 dollars wawa gift certificate coming your way uh just because you're a guest doesn't mean that you can't be eligible for the prizes that we <laughs> give away i can't win the prizes i'm excited uh, now absolutely positively not it's coming out of my pocket so there's no one who can All say right, you can't win the go. prize other than me and i say you're in uh but let's get to the birds I got a text from a good friend earlier today, knows football inside and out, and he said to me he thinks Doug Peterson has lost his mojo. Now, your definition of mojo might not be my definition of mojo, might not be my friend's definition of mojo, but I think we all have a definition of mojo. In your estimation, has Doug Peterson lost his mojo? Uh, a little bit. I, I wouldn't say completely lost it. I, I think he kind of lost his way as far as, you know, if you go back to his, his obviously the Super Bowl season and, and his book, which was titled Fearless, and he kind of threw Doug Marone under the bus and he said he'd never, 
kind of be back on his heels, and he played up this whole aggressive mindset. I, I think he's tempered that at times because of some of the criticism. Uh, let's be honest, when fourth and four works, people love it, and when it doesn't work, you're the biggest idiot on the planet. And I think he's starting to get some rabbit ears when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think he's gotten away to uh, what sort of turned him into the coach he became at his height, but I think most of that has to do with personnel, as it always does in this league, and the offensive line issues and the injuries and the constant changing uh, in the moving parts, and, and then, you know, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, in and out of the lineup, Miles Sanders, uh, Jalen Rager, uh, so even the skill position players as well. I think I think Mojo is directly related to personnel, and I think the better example of that is probably Bill Belichick in, in New England. Has he lost his mojo? He's just got bad players. Yeah, and he's blaming they're all in the salary cap, which somehow they've got more salary cap space than anyone in the league, but <laughs> yeah, they are somehow handicapped by the salary cap. Belichick doesn't like to admit when he's got bad players, bad team, bad results, other than he can't deny the results, so he's looking for other explanations. Um How's the mojo between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz these days? Uh, I think there's a little bit of frustration. I, I think everybody. But, I, I mean, I, I've been there for basically every day of, of the Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia. And I can tell you, going back to, to Frank Reich and John Filippo, you had the same thing. I mean, at times they were banging their head against walls, telling them and, and a lot of different ways to – you know, I think the biggest part is sort of to live for another play. It's okay to throw the football away. It's okay to throw it in the dirt. It's okay uh, to to just sail it out of bounds and, and not try to extend things every single time and try to play hero football, for lack of a better term. And and then part of it was also to stay healthy uh, because um, – you know, Frank and John were very concerned about his willingness to, to embrace contact, and uh, we've all known the injury history. They seem to be over that part of it. But uh, there's been frustration since he was a rookie, and it hasn't changed. And I think that's the, my biggest concern with Carson Wentz. And I was the one who asked him the question after the game uh, about the turnovers, and he kind of, you know, did the, the boilerplate stuff of, I, I got to be better in the Andy Reid type answers. And then he said, but I'm not going to stop being aggressive. And look, that's part of what makes him a, a great player, or if you want to call him that still, or made him a great player, however you want to term it. So I, I get that part of it. But as you move on and he's in his fifth year, you're supposed to learn from those mistakes and, and kind of, be uh, a little bit better when it comes to making those decisions. And, and that part of it just hasn't come for Carson Wentz. So frustration is, I think, the best adjective. John McMullen from Sports Illustrated Philly, uh, voice.com and Extending the Play podcast, our guest here on 94 WIP. I heard the same thing and the answer I gave to you about, but I'm still going to stay aggressive. And we've always known that Doug Peterson is aggressive from day one. He has been, and I don't think that's ever changed. Then why aren't these two mojos working between these two guys? That basically, it seems like they're cut from the same cloth. 
Yeah, well, and I think that's where the personnel comes into it. And, and maybe you should change things a little bit if you're does. And, you know, I, the Dallas game, I'm going to say, you know, if you look at the fourth downs and say, okay, this Dallas team with Ben DiNucci, you know, I'll give him the ball at the 45. I don't care. That's when you should be aggressive. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Because you know they're not going to do anything on the offensive side of the football. So I actually like that part of it. I, I think there's room to, um, you know, to, to, to show your feel as a coach. You know, that's one of the big criticisms. And I know you're a big baseball guy with modern baseball is they've taken a feel out of the game with analytics. Right. I, I think there's still part where as a coach you can say, okay, this Dallas team is up against it. They have a guy playing quarterback that shouldn't even be in this league, and and the owner threw under a bus on his radio show this week because he was so unprepared, um, and say, you know what, we can afford to take some chances. Whereas if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, no, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit more old school and realize that I have my own personnel deficiencies. It's probably not a good chance I'm going to convert fourth and four, fourth and whatever. So you pump the football. I, I think Doug has gotten away uh, from that. And, uh, you know, if if you want to criticize him, maybe, maybe he's turning out to be just an analytics coach. And, you know, Pagnatti says, okay, go for it. And he goes for it. I don't know if that's the case, but I think it's, it's worth exploring. He's not going to admit it, but, uh, right. You know, part of that is the way sports is going. It's not just Doug. And if there's a guy who would fly in a pace of it, I would think Doug would be that guy. But without being a fly in the wall when they're making those decisions, we're going to all just have to give our best guess scenarios. Um, i got to give some credit here. I did not think Jason Peters would make it through the game on Sunday, and he's made every single snap. Uh I didn't go back and review the film just to watch Jason Peters, but I did watch the game live and I watched it on tape again. Um, he was okay. He wasn't the turnstile that he had been the last game he played before he got hurt. He was fine. I thought my lotta was as good, if not better, on the right side. And seeing as he'd never played there before, I thought it was a pretty damn good effort. If. Lane Johnson's ready to go when they come back against the Giants in next week. Who's going to be the left tackle for the Eagles up in New York? It, it, it's going to be Jason. Uh, and they've been pretty clear, um, certainly behind the scenes, and Doug even intimated it before uh, he made the decision to go back to Jason. And Carson Wentz did as well. Uh, he did play better. He, he was playing poorly at the beginning of the season. He was He was solid. I wouldn't call it great. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I think Jordan held up okay, uh, and, and, and moving positions and he, he uh, described it in a, in, a, in a very engaging way of wiping with your non-dominant hand about changing sides. So he wasn't comfortable, uh, moving the right tackle and he gave up that sack. I think second play of the game, the first passing play of the game to Marcus Lawrence just blew by him and he said, Oh, uh oh. This is going to be an issue, and it really wasn't. No, not after. Forward, and, and he calmed down. So I think he deserves a, a ton of credit. But 
If you go all the way back to the Giants game uh, during the week, uh, he admitted that was his worst game. He did not play well against the Giants. And, and it was a short week, and he hasn't played a lot of football. And he admitted his legs were heavy and he was tired. And that's the kind of things you're going through with Jordan Mailata because he's just not used to it. Uh, and the Eagles feel more comfortable uh, with Jason Peters. So I, I think it comes down to – uh, two things. I mean, if they were out of this, if they were in a good division and, and they weren't going to be a playoff team, I think then it would be a more logical way uh, to go with Jordan Mailata. I mean, they're the favorites in this division. They think they're going to make the playoffs, and I kind of agree with them, although I think it's going to be ugly, um, an ugly route to get there. And once you're playing in January um, – who knows what happens, and I think that's the way they're approaching it, and they think Jason Peters is their best left tackle. John McMullen, our guest here on 94 WIP. Uh, your sources today as you were working them during the afternoon leading up to 4 o'clock, were the Eagles close on pulling the trigger as far as a deadline deal went? Now, I think Doug kind of let the cat out of the bag on Monday, and he kind of explained that um, – you know, the COVID uh, protocols make it really, really difficult. And if you think about it, Jody, I mean, the Eagles have made a deal at the deadline uh, every year in the, the Howie 2.0 era. Uh, first it was Jay Ajahi, then it was Golden Tate, and, and then it was Gennard Avery last season. Uh, they've had a really difficult time um, integrating people midseason uh, in the best of circumstances. Now you have all these protocols that are only getting more difficult uh, because you have these spiking spikes in cases and the league is putting more uh, um, on your plate when you bring in a player from the outside. So they basically got to sit for a week uh, before they pass all the COVID tests, before you can get them in the building, on the field, in the meeting rooms. Uh, so I, I, I thought from that standpoint, they just came down and said it wasn't worth it. Because, remember, they were not in the conversation for big-name players. They have such salary cap issues for next season. And people say, well, you can rent a player uh, and, and not put the money on next year's cap. But, no, they, they, they need the money they have now, and they budgeted to roll it over for next season because they have so many salary cap issues. So they didn't want a big salary. So the only player – you were going to get was a Gennard Avery type, maybe a, a guy who, who fell out of favor in an organization on his rookie deal. And I, I think they just came to the cost-benefit analysis of why bother? It's going to take so much difficulty to get him into the system with the COVID protocols. I think that's what it came down to. There's two more weeks before the Eagles get back onto the field, which gives everyone who has had – any kind of injury issues, that much more time to heal up. Let me ask you about one in specific. Is Alshon Jeffrey actually going to get back on the field for the Eagles? I, I don't think so. I, I think they're going to keep slowing this down. There's a guy they would have loved to have traded, but obviously right. there was nothing that happened at the deadline. Two basically lesser-named players. Nobody was going to pick up that salary. Um, Eagles would have gave him away for a bag of balls, seventh-round conditional pick, whatever, anybody, uh, to pick up the contract. But 
there was no bites from that standpoint. Um, and yeah, I mean, Travis Fulgham is playing his position <laughs> and, uh, his story has been amazing and you don't want to take reps away from Travis Fulgham. So nope. I, I'm not saying, uh, this calf injury that came out of nowhere and Doug doesn't know when it happened. I'm not saying it's completely fake, but it's pretty evident that the Eagles want to slow all Sean Jeffrey down and, and they don't want him on the field because they don't need him on the field anymore, which is a pretty amazing thing considering where they were, say, three weeks into the season before Travis took off. He has been phenomenal, and they better not uh, cut into his reps. I know Rager made the touchdown catch the other day. It was a nice play. He got the ball down, hit the pylon, but uh, Fulgham's the best receiver on the team, and he should be on the field every single snap, just my uh, personal uh, evaluation of the talent of the team. All right, so they got two weeks. They'll get their usual off time, and it's a good time to get off time with the pandemic being part of it. I don't uh, begrudge them any of the downtime they get during the bye week. It'll be like it usually is. But can they accomplish anything above and beyond just taking a deep breath and kicking back for a few days? Is there anything they can upgrade, accomplish, tighten up during this two-week period before going forward into the second half? Yeah, I mean, Doug is going to have them in the building tomorrow. They're going to practice tomorrow. That's not typical for Doug Peterson. If they win uh, going into the bye and they're in first place going into the bye, typically he's going to give the players the week off. Uh, they got to have the weekend off. That's CBA mandated. Uh, but he admitted they need to work. He, he's to, So to his credit, he has not fallen for the school's gold. If you go back to the Giants game, Evan Ingram drop, uh, or they lose that game. Um, obviously, the Cowboys with Ben DiNucci, um, they were not impressive. That was not a good win. There were certainly no style points. So he, he knows they have to get better. Um, he's typically known as a player's coach. I'm not going to call it a huge disciplinary move, but the fact that he's got him in there tomorrow, uh, it, it says something to that team. You got to get better, and it starts with the quarterback. Uh, and they'll do their typical self scout. And obviously, COVID 19 again, typically players will scatter across the country. Everybody's got to stay in the area. Um, they can't leave. Um, so it, it's probably a better opportunity than it usually is to get some work in. Um, and, and they'll try. I, I think it's more of a uh, a signal to the team that, look, you guys are not playing well, and you got to get better, and he should be doing that. Glad to hear Doug's going. More is needed, not less is more as far as work goes during the downtime. Johnny Mack, if the uh, president is selected on November 28th and all challenges have been ceased, what are you going to do with that $20 Wildwell gift card I send you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, some Sizzlies, Jody. Okay. Hopefully it's a two-for-four for month or two-for-four week. Hey, I think they <laughs> last up to a year, so you can wait for Hobie <laughs> Fast or Sizzly Fast or whatever else. It will be my pleasure as it was tonight. John, as always, appreciate you having, having you on. Appreciate you joining us. All right. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it.
John McMullen does an outstanding job covering the uh, the Eagles for SI.com, Philly.com, and also check out his Extending the Play Daily Eagle podcast. I Joe Mac coming back, restoking the phones. You just heard me ask what uh, John will do with the uh, Wawa dip certificate he wins. I'll give it to you. All you have to tell me is what date we 